0: this is part two of a two-part podcast if you have not yet listened to part one stop the record and do so now or don't we're not here to tell you how to live your life
1: why are you wearing a mask? will you burn the acid or something like that? oh no it's just they're terribly comfortable i think everyone will be wearing them in the future
2: Podcast, that place on the Venn diagram of life where Christ culture and nerd culture find sweet sweet to play co-op.
3: And now it's
4: time for City Jokes with Julia, the part of the show where Julia comes out and tells a silly joke.
3: Hey you guys, why do bees have sticky hair? Why? Why? Because they use honeycombs. <laughs>
4: <laughs> this has been Silly Jokes with Julia. Join us next time when Julia says...
3: Stephen King has a son named Joe. What? I'm not joking, but he
5: is.
0: (laughs) 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 And now we want to take a quick second to say thanks to some very important people.
6: All right, Stephen, you ready? It's time for the Patreon rap. You take care of singing. I'll do the hard part. Here we go. Caleb, Kevin,
7: Will, Wilkanowski, Keefa, Matthew, Darren, Carey, Joshua, Chalk, Asha Cronin, Bitter, Steven, Scott, Michael, Bradley, Taylor. Bake
6: em, make em, God let Patreon! Across the internet, traveling far and wide, show the nerds we've met the love of Christ inside.
7: Joe and Ryan Felton, Andrew Whiteside, Kyle Johnson, Joshua Adams, Zachary
6: D. M. Christian Zadek, Rodney Cannon. Gotta, gotta,
8: gotta, take
6: them all. gotta make it Adrienne,
3: where can I buy this song? Where
0: can now? Available I on Spotify <laughs> and Apple Music. Oh my goodness! And we are. Back. I didn't realize. I am. I am. Te- yeah. <laughs> Me I am tearing up right now. I'm so sorry.
5: Uh, oh. Coleslaw. I thought I was gonna have to use my inhaler again <laughs> <laughs> after that commercial.
0: Yeah, you know what? We're just grateful for any sponsors we can get. Okay. Mm-hmm. Even wub 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 and wub attorneys. Wub at wub 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 and wub, wub. wub. And that's the one. Yeah. Same one. Uh, hey, we're going to be talking again about our our COVID year today. Um This is this has been a tricky one, you guys. I don't know if you guys. Uh, have had, I mean, everybody's had a different and unique kind of thumbprint experience, but uh, I was looking back and and trying to think about, like, what the last year has really been like. Can you, someone said, hey, it's March now, which is weird since it was March last month.
5: I think we let March back in after all it did last year.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was like,
5: quite rude. Yeah, you know, like we we
0: we didn't. No one knew at that time what the what yeah. was gonna happen.
7: I remember churches were still like, oh, this will be over by Easter. Yeah, and it's like mm. no. So I
0: just found the letter that that we wrote when when this whole thing happened, and it was we we wrote a letter to our church, hey, we're suspending our services, and it was like March eighteenth, or I think that was the date. We're we're gonna be suspending our Sunday service and our Wednesday night service. And potentially the next Sunday service as well. Um, we're oh, going to yeah. see how it goes. We're going to wait for. So it was like two Sundays and a Wednesday, and that was going to be it. Then this thing would be over, and we'll all be back to business as usual. And it was like, nope, we'll be back in like June, you know. It was. Yeah. It, it was, and then, and then, as soon as we opened up again, it was like, nope, we'll be back in September.
5: I was traveling back to the United States from Southeast Asia when this was all happening. Oh, great! And they so- let you in. Yeah. Wow. Honestly, and you know what's really concerning is that I flew in through Atlanta, which is where the CDC is based, and there was no screening for anybody that was flying in. So I was really surprised by that because the CDC was like, we're making sure that everyone who's coming in is going to be safe. And they have like three major- Except for
0: people traveling in from Southeast Asia.
5: Through Atlanta, which is where it's based. Yeah. Regardless. but That's how The Walking
0: Dead happened. Just saying.
5: Well, because I, when I was traveling back, I was like, oh, everyone's going to be wearing masks because I'm traveling- you know but when i got home to pennsylvania nobody was wearing masks or anything and i remember the first time that i went out to go grocery shopping and i wore a mask and people looked at me like i was weird and i was like sorry <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> but, like, there weren't, like, firm guidelines set up yet or, like, anything like that. But I was wearing a mask because I was, like, I want to be considerate. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, w- he, were people wearing masks at that time in in, in Asia? You were in the Philippines, right? People
5: wear masks to begin with. Right, in, that's what I thought. Like, Asia. that was nothing so it's new like, over it's there. It's nothing new for us. Right. I mean, I say for us. Is like that because of the pollution? It's mostly because of the smog and the the dust. And there. also,
0: they were affected by earlier versions of SARS. I mean, that was something yeah. that, that broke out over there, but it was never really worldwide. Yeah. In fact, I was looking back at some old uh, media clips, and and this is one I found today. It was, um, I believe, it was it was dated from uh, January twenty second, twenty twenty. So just over a year ago, and this is a news report about the very first case of the coronavirus to come to the United States. Listen, just listen to the first few seconds of this.
7: Now to growing concerns about the deadly coronavirus officially hitting the U.S. Here's what we know. A Washington state resident fell ill after returning from Wuhan, China, where the outbreak began. Officials now say more than 400 people have been sickened and nine people have died.
0: Wow, what a simple time. Yeah, yeah.
7: 400
0: people might have this virus and nine deaths. I mean, how many people have died? You know how many people have died from the coronavirus I think around the I world? Think in
6: America, it's like half a million. It's a, just so it.
0: we just crossed a half a million. I think all around the world, is some like two million. Or it's two point five seven million. million. Yep. Wow. One hundred fifteen million people have been infected. Two and a, a little over two and a half million million have died. That's a lot of people.
3: Yeah.
0: And like we had no idea. How much? How much would it suck to be that guy from Washington? Ooh. Like, I'm sure he didn't bring it in that got to everybody, but like to be the first guy. Like, dude, that. Like, don't ever let anybody find out that it was you. Yeah. That poor guy. Eesh. Like, we had no idea what was coming our way. Like, no. we saw it on TV. We heard about it. It's this thing that's happening over there. And the next thing you know, it's this thing happening over here. Where were you when you realized this is a thing?
6: Uh, probably, I mean, I guess at my job, I really got, I mean, because we started, I used to work at a water treatment plant. And, uh. We started off, we didn't really have to wear anything. We were just fine. But then uh, about halfway through, I started in February, around mid-March or April, we switched to, uh, you have to use a, a fingerprint scanner to, to uh, clock in. We weren't allowed to do that. We had to go straight to our desks. As soon as we got there, no interaction, couldn't be in the same room as anybody. And it was like, I guess, wow, like this is like, we got to lock it down. We're locking down here.
0: That's weird. Yeah. Like going from nothing to that all of a sudden is yeah. crazy.
3: Um, It was a slow realization. It wasn't like a quick, but um, I was going to UCF at the time, and I was geared to have my last semester and then my internship um, for theater. And both of those things basically didn't happen, and I somehow graduated online and did an internship (laughs) online. But when I remember when it was first happening, they were like, okay, we're going to go home, you know, and have like online class for like a week and like see what happens. And then we never went back. That yeah. was insane.
7: Yeah. That's nuts. I think mine was similar. It was just a less slow burn. Because mm-hmm. like working at a grocery type store i'm around people all the time so eventually they made us all start wearing masks but i remember one of my coworkers just felt more comfortable wearing a mask and we were all kind of like aren't you taking it a little too serious yeah a little much no, there, she huh? was immune compromised so we understood a little bit but it was still like we co- we thought it was a little weird and then it's like oh no now i can't imagine not wearing a mask now yeah mm. or two masks
0: or yeah, you know like the way yeah. that it is, is these days sure. I, I remember so my son is in high school and he was in 11th grade at the time and uh, was spring break so this all happened like it really blew up here in spring break so it was like his his week of spring break became two weeks of spring break became he never went back to school yeah i mean he went from march to the end of the school year and they just never had school again and that was weird.
7: That's has he gone crazy. back to person-to-person classes yet? Yes. He
0: has not. The schools have opened up for person-to-person classes, but yeah. he, he, now that he's a senior, he only has two class credits that he's taking, so he's just taking them online. Yeah. Uh, so he's doing that, but then he's also doing uh, college credits. He's taking that online as well. So he yeah. gets up 8 o'clock in the morning, does his college class, which is weird because it's a digital video and film production class, which Ooh. really sucked because he was in a, a this awesome studio with all these great equipment and toys, and 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 he can't participate in that. He's doing it online which it's rough for teachers, too, to have to adapt. Oh, yeah. yeah. My mom's a teacher, and she's
6: hated working with uh, kids who are... Because they have to do two. They have to do uh, in-person kids and online kids, and it's a a nightmare. My My mom has been working in the school system for almost 30 years, and many of our friends who have been working the same amount of time have quit this year. Mm-hmm. My mom almost quit just cause it's been so taxing on them oh, yeah. mentally. Yeah.
0: We, we have a teacher here in the church and she was just telling me it's like, it's, it's like 10 hours to prepare mm-hmm. uh, what used to take her like an hour.
6: Yeah. yeah my, exactly. my, oh.
3: no, go ahead.
7: I'll say my brother-in-law's a teacher and they keep, he's in teaching Indiana and they keep having to change how they operate because Indiana is so up and down. So he's like, I can't lesson plan. I can't like teach my children if I don't know how I'm going to be able to teach them. Yeah.
3: Yeah, definitely. I'm a teaching assistant now. And like my teachers are going crazy because like you were saying, when you have a zoom classroom and an in-person class, it's basically having two classrooms at once. And it's really hard to juggle. And a lot of their lesson plans don't work. They used to be very hands on, a lot of my teaching, all of my teachers, friends. It's just crazy.
9: Yeah.
0: I remember having to teach Bible study. Like, so we're, we're trying mm-hmm. to bring back our Wednesday night devotion things. And doing a Bible study online was weird. Like yeah. it, it just, yeah. it, it, the, the, the disconnect it felt. And I was grateful. I mean, God bless zoom. I mean, where do, where do they come from? Oh right. My gosh, yeah. But uh, eventually uh, I, I couldn't figure out how we were like six and eight months into this thing. And people still can't figure out how zoom works. <laughs> well, what, what about
6: uh, even doing the podcast online? Yeah. That yeah was
0: we weird. On that zoom was weird. So again, th- thanks to our friends at Zencaster who made their services available for free. So we could, we could podcast from the comfort of our own homes, but we have, we suspended doing our podcast at at that time. And that was really how we did. I don't think we came back in person until our, we, we finished. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember we were going to, uh, my wife and I were going to go be serving with our Florida state youth board at a, at a national youth event in Tennessee. And we, one of the couples that we were supposed to fly up there with, uh, they had to cancel like the day before, so poor Steven, God bless him, uh, had to drive us because we were flying out of St. Pete, which was which is like two hours away. And uh, we and our flight was like at six o'clock in the morning. So Steven had to drive us out there in the middle of the night um, just because we were supposed to ride out with this other couple. And they had to cancel. Though the, His wife had some immunity issues and she just wasn't going to risk it. And it's like, this really isn't a thing, guys. It's like. This is in China. It's not not really that big of a deal. So we went out there. We got on the plane. We flew up. And when our plane landed, we we were at Cracker Barrel, and sitting there, and the people at the table next to us are like, "Oh, and they're on the phone. Oh, Winterfest just got canceled." I'm like, "Excuse me, I'm not I'm not dropping no eaves here." But um, what are you say? saying? They're like, "Yeah, they just canceled Winterfest and Monster Trucks." I'm like, "Oh, uh, we work at the arena." I'm like. They just canceled Winterfest. Well, holy crap and a half. And the event that we flew up for got canceled. And then they started, and it, it, then it just snowballed. And it was like, people do, they react. It's like, well, are we going to be able to fly back? And then, we're well, toilet paper is being sold. And I'm like, oh, crap. We, like, we are not going to have any toilet paper when we get home. Like, all the yeah. panic started happening. We're stuck in Tennessee so far from home. And I love Tennessee. We were in a great cabin and it was a beautiful place. But, yeah, it was terrifying. And, yeah. um, and and then it's like, no, this is not just the story that's happening to them. This is this is some World War Z level stuff, and it's happening to us right here. What's been hard for you during, during your COVID year?
6: Uh, well, for me, there was, there was really two big things. The first one was my job. Um, I didn't get let go or furloughed or anything, but I, I was on a contract. And uh, when they put in my stuff to be uh, renewed as a new contract, there was so much COVID stuff at the county that my stuff was thrown all the way to the back of the line yeah, and wow. so i ended up losing my job because i just couldn't i couldn't get back in it's still so far behind the, all the priority stuff that they just can't get it renewed and the second big thing was steven's wedding um oh, because yeah. poor steven oh yeah. Can, I, yeah can i jump in and yeah, tell the story can. so
7: i had a wedding party Quentin f was a part of my wedding party I was. and then uh one of my best friends david was my best man so, we had my bachelor party. It was a Saturday. And yep. then on Monday, I get a call from David. And he's like, Hey, man. Dave, David,
0: your best man. Yes.
7: He's like, Hey, man, one of my coworkers just tested positive for COVID. I'm going to go get, or it was Sunday night. Yep. I'm going to go get tested tomorrow morning. I'll let you know. You know, I wasn't really around him that much. It should be okay. Okay. I get a call from David on Monday morning. Hey, I tested positive for COVID. Yep. So, I had to call all my groomsmen and all the people that are at my bachelor party. Hey, you got to go get tested. Hmm. And thankfully, nobody tested positive. Yep. So I was like, all right, well, Neff, you were you were next in line. You are now my, my best man, Quinn. He's yep. like, okay, awesome. That was on Tuesday. Yeah. On Wednesday, I get a call from Quint and Neff, and he's like, hey, my best friend just got tested positive for COVID, and we were hanging out on Sunday night. So Neff had to go get tested, but Neff's test wasn't going to come in until, like, the next week His, his Yeah, the day,
6: literally the day after, like, the wedding.
7: So I called Alexandria, our good friend, and said, hey, do you want to be in my wedding party? Do you want to be a groomswoman? And she said yes, thankfully. And she somehow had a a dress the same color as our suits. And uh, Tony's son, who was also my wedding party, became my best man. It's not like I had the third best best man, but I had to like the week of my wedding, I had to adjust my
6: wedding party yeah. three separate times, and it really sucked not going to that. I really hated that I couldn't make it to that. Like, well, you know, you should be your I, best I, man speech right now. I even got, I even tested negative. I even tested negative, and that was the worst part. Is like we had, we had to be better safe than sorry. So here's yeah. the
0: thing, Steven. You guys have this life-threatening illness, and Steven just cares about like. Tux deposits and stuff but, like No, it's gonna mess up our photos.
7: Oh. <laughs> Steven hates you all. No, oh. no, that wasn't the case. No, it's I fine. wanted to make sure everyone was was fine. Yeah, yeah it
0: was that. It, that was it. Was just it happened in such rapid succession. And yeah. it was the
7: week of the wedding. That was what sucked the most. Was, yeah. it? It was like it could have happened any other week, but it had to happen that week. It all hits. It, it hits
0: home for us in unique ways. Like, mm-hmm. like for Steven, it's that. That's a day that you planned for
7: and you prepare for. When
0: did you get engaged?
7: right before all this happened <laughs> it was February 18th I got engaged and' we're, and that's when it wasn't still a big deal yeah and then like we I think I remember we took our wedding our engagement pictures and like two days after that is when all like the stuff started going down If you
0: knew what you then what you knew now you, you the three words you should have said to yourself was go ahead and elope. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, uh, you know, I don't know. It's uh, it's 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 weird how it lands in our lives. You know, for some of us, it's job things. You know, for some of us, it's it's marriage stuff. Yeah. And that's and it's and it's whatever is going on in your life. If it's college, and and that's the your course. If it's ministry, and you're traveling around the world, uh, wherever it is that you land, it lands flat over top of you and contours itself to make whatever you're doing suck. And, and that's it, you know, like I, I'm obviously making light about Stephen's you know, marriage situation and stuff like that, because there's nothing that gets to remain untarnished and convenient in the wake of COVID. Yeah. Like everybody has a different story and COVID makes all of those stories suck. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick second and we're going to I, want to, I want you guys to hear from some of our nerd of God squad. We asked um, s- some of our folks online if they could, and they did it with a swiftness because uh, we had to shift gears, as I mentioned earlier and do this episode two weeks earlier than we anticipated. Uh, but we want to go to some of our nerd of God squad and hear a little bit about their stories. So um, let's, let's go over and hear from Carrie from Toronto.
10: Hi nerd of God squad. This is Carrie from Toronto. And I just wanted to share with you a little bit about how COVID has affected me. Uh, When the lockdown first started last March, uh, I remember thinking that it wasn't actually all that bad. Um, I was able to start working from home. So I saved two hours a day in commuting. I got to spend more time with my husband. I got to watch some movies and TV shows. I got to play some video games. Um, And while I really didn't, obviously didn't like being separated from my family and my friends, um, there were other benefits. I I wasn't spending money. I got to save some money because I wasn't going out to dinner. I wasn't going to the movies. I wasn't driving places. And so as a temporary measure, uh, it really didn't bother me too much at first. Uh, my sister-in-law was also pregnant at the time and so as much as it was disappointing to you know not be able to feel the baby kick and that kind of thing, I thought, you know we'll lock down now, we'll, I'll give that kind of thing up. And then that way in the summer we'll be back together and uh, you know when the baby's born, we'll be able to, to enjoy that time together. And of course that hasn't happened. Uh, my first nephew was born in July and I have not yet held him or been able to be within six feet of him. And so it's been really heartbreaking for me to uh, kind of watch his life from the sidelines uh, instead of being a really active uh, part of, of the milestones that he's been reaching and and, uh, and just his first kind of year on earth um, will, will be, have been spent without, without me around. And so uh, it's been really challenging to kind of watch that happen over video and just kind of watch it pass me by as opposed to getting to play an active role in that. Uh, on top of that, I'm an immigration lawyer. And so um, when travel restrictions first came into place, uh, it really did put obviously a damper on my practice. Um, but since then, things have become much more challenging. Um, as, as time has dragged on, more and more people um, have you know, postponed their, their travel, their work as long as they can, uh, and and no longer can take no you can't travel as an answer. And so uh, there's been much more work involved around uh, getting exemptions from travel restrictions, exemptions from quarantine requirements, um, making sure that people have a quarantine plan in place if they aren't exempt. Uh, and so it's, it's made a, an already challenging practice that much more difficult. It's with that added stress, uh, it's also been more difficult to, to cope with that because the ways that I would normally cope with the stress of my job would be, you know, having dinner with a friend during the week or going to see a movie or, uh, you know, making plans to go somewhere on the weekends or planning a vacation. And, and without any of those kind of normal ways for me to, to, for lack of a better word, blow off steam, um, it's, it's made it that much more difficult to, to cope with the stress as well. And so, uh, yeah, it's been it's been a, a, a difficult and stressful year, and I'm sure I'm not the only one that feels that way. I'm sure today's podcast will be filled with people who uh, have stories similar to mine. But uh, there is light at the end of the tunnel, and I am looking forward to the day when um, I'll be able to hold my nephew and and hug my parents and and see a movie in a movie theater again and and uh, get Get back to life the way, uh, the way we know it to be. So, uh, thanks for letting me share and I hope you all are staying safe and healthy.
11: Thanks, Gary.
0: How, it's uh, rough to, to be sidelined to your own life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hope that she gets to hold that baby soon.
7: Yeah. yeah. That reminds me, it, it's, it's kind of crazy how like last year happened so quickly. We have a, a friend of ours who became Google found out she was pregnant last March, and then had the baby in December. And I didn't see her for her entire pregnancy. Like Wait, you know she had a
0: baby, and no one knew she was pregnant. We, we knew she was pregnant, but we didn't. We never saw really her pregnant. About it. Yeah. I never saw.
6: Well, yeah. yeah, I never saw her pregnant. I, have, I still have the Christmas gift for her baby. That I, I haven't been able to give it to them yet. Well, you, I know that the kids are gonna be three by the time. <laughs> I know <you're laughs> by the time. <laughs> well, luckily enough, it's three and up. So, yeah. so, why would
7: you buy an infinite three and up toy? Because well, the three and up <laughs> toys
6: are the coolest <laughs> toys. Yeah,
7: but um, it's just weird, like. It's weird how, like, last year, like, it took forever, but it also went by so quickly.
5: I – this is going to sound so silly, but I am a person that gets very easily anxious. And so when everything was happening, I was like, is the world ending? And I remember I found out that my – one of my best friends, the family that I was living with, when they found out that they were pregnant, I was like, okay – The world's not ending because like God is still allowing people to get pregnant. The world wouldn't end with a baby being born. Yeah, I know that's Uh, so silly.
0: I don't know that this biblical, but I guess I I can I can see I I can see the logic. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Uh, let's hear from uh, let's hear from Sarah right now.
4: Hi, my name is Sarah Johnston. I live in St. Louis, Missouri, and I've been listening to the podcast for a few years. Uh, So, I wanted to talk about how corona has affected my life. I know it's affected everyone in a bunch of different ways, but uh, since you asked for personal experiences, here's my personal experience. So, March of last year, when everything kind of hit, I was engaged to my now husband, uh, Jared, and our wedding was planned for May 16th, and we were so excited, Um, but then when corona hit in March, you know, we thought... You know this is okay like we'll we'll just have two-week quarantine everything will be done super <laughs> quick you know we'll be certainly we'll be fine by mid may but for sure i laugh at that now because <laughs> as we all know <laughs> that did not go uh, quite what we were expecting or how we were expecting it to go and um we realized i think sometime in april that we were gonna have to cancel our formal you know wedding and reception. Um, we did still get married on May 16th. We had a tiny ceremony with just immediate family and any of the bridal party that wanted to come. Uh, we gathered together and actually social distanced and wore masks. And I had a wonderful friend who stepped up to, um, be the officiant. It was a really wonderful day. And even though it was Absolutely nothing like I pictured you know growing up and planning and having a Pinterest page of every small detail it was not at all anything like that but it was still a wonderful gathering it was still a wonderful um, time and I I don't regret that regret it at all and At the time, we had planned to still have our um, wedding, like a formal ceremony and reception later in the year around September, thinking, well, certainly by September, we're fine. (laughs) And again, that's not really how things worked out. And at this point, we are expecting our firstborn, a new little baby boy, which is due uh, the end of this May. So a great anniversary present for ourselves and so we realized you know a formal wedding and reception is probably not going to happen for us and even though it does make me sad and I see weddings and things happen on Facebook and sometimes it you know it can be hard to see and know that like I didn't get that but I definitely don't regret um how we did things and marrying the love of my life was a wonderful choice, and just making that vow before God and even just our closest friends and family was really amazing, Um, and I like to joke with people that in our first year of marriage, we survived, you know, an actual global pandemic, and while we were engaged, we, you know, had some family um, medical emergencies and and things like that. I, I lost my job. Um, while we were engaged as well. So I always joke with people that, you know, at this point, if we, if God has gotten through a, uh, gotten us through our engagements and this first year of marriage, then I think we're pretty much set on the the rest of our lives together. So that is how Corona has just, you know, changed my viewpoints on, um, on marriage and expectations and, Family and friends, and what all of those mean to me. I feel that. <laughs> <laughs>
7: it's definitely different. It's really hard to plan a wedding during a pandemic because you yeah. don't know what's going to happen.
0: Yeah. So, it, I, I remember things even unpacking in, in your wedding. I remember how ticked your wife was when it's like, I'm very sorry, but it, you got to wear masks and, and we have to, it's a mask required thing for wedding. Yeah. And it's just like, nobody wanted that. Like, that wasn't like our joy to have to say, but it was. Like, this is this is what we have to do right now. This is where we live. And um, it's frustrating. But, you know, at least you got to have a wedding. I mean, poor Sarah. She gets yeah. nothing now. Yeah. And she gets a baby. Yeah. We pray that your first child is a masculine
3: mm-hmm. child. Yeah. Um, and she sounds, like, so positive. And yeah. 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 That was just, like, an uplifting. And, like, uh, I don't know. She just strikes me as a very positive person. Yeah, we like Sarah. She's she.
5: very joyful. Yeah. Uh,
0: you guys
1: know this cat. Hey, Nog's to try trine. How is... The virus affected my life over the past year. That's an interesting question. I mean, I have a sweet nerd flex mask collection now, so that's cool, cool, actually. I kind of, if I'm gonna have to wear a mask, I kind of dig having some cool options, like being Batman, Spider-Man, Pokemon, things like that. That's been kind of nice. What I've done to grow, I guess be more, learn to be more patient. Learn to accept that the world is changing. That in some cases, that's not a bad thing. And in some cases, that means I need to change. And that's not a bad thing. I guess, I mean, this experience has been terrible for everyone, let's, let's be completely honest. But in at least some cases, it's gonna force us to grow and to adapt. And Tony said, you know, use the word overcome. If it forces us to do those things, then at least we're taking something away from it that's positive. The experience may be negative, but if we take anything away from it that helps us grow and change and be better for God and for others and to see what it is people need and that they're not getting and then try and help, then that's got to be a positive thing. I, it, that's I guess that's about it, yeah. Um, Time to go figure out which mask i'm wearing today looking <laughs> at my collection i think today based on what's uh, been washed recently today is going to be a batman day
6: so yeah nice.
1: y'all stay safe out there bye
6: you know it's funny to hear ryan uh, talk about that we actually i, I was on a uh, trip up in tennessee and i got to actually uh, uh, break bread with ryan we weren't we, but the thing was because it was during the pandemic uh we ended up sitting in our cars six feet apart which was a very awkward situation. <laughs> so
0: it was a funny thing. We were in Tennessee, and when we were trying to come back from Tennessee, we stopped through and saw Ryan, and it was before masks and all those things. We sat at a little tiny table and shared ice cream. I mean, it's nothing as fancy as breaking bread. Well, it's
6: not a bread. competition.
0: No, no, uh, you had tacos. <laughs> well, we <sorry>. had tacos. <laughs> right? Yeah, they were wonderful tacos. But uh, it's it, it's just weird. Same story at different ends of a pandemic. Yeah. I mean, we were yeah. literally, I mean, like that story I told earlier about Winterfest getting canceled, this happened three days, five days after that. So. Yeah. And then mine was
6: like in August
0: yeah it's just weird how, how how it all changes
5: had it not been for this pandemic Ryan Felton would not be my DM and I would not have oh. the Nerd of God Squad D&D sc- crew and I'm just like I'm so thankful I know it's yeah I'm very thankful bringing for Ryan people Felton. together. yeah
0: We love love Ryan. He is also our DM, our devotion manager. So if you enjoy the Nerdy Godcast Daily Devo, available wherever fine podcasts are consumed, you can uh, thank Ryan for that. Ministry is tough. Uh, All all of us here are connected, affiliated with, serve in some area in ministry. And for the local church, it's been impacted uh, drastically. Um, Churches, especially ones that, and I'm not trying to... uh, overly materialize the the process of ministry but churches require on financial contributions from people mostly to to keep the lights on and keep the doors open to uh, continue to, to take care of the ministry that they have to do and when people can't go to church it becomes very difficult. Churches have had to learn uh, how to overcome and learn how to minister in new ways. Um, yeah. Churches that have never been online churches before became online churches this year. Yeah. And it's been uh, really interesting to hear a little bit more about that. We wanna to turn to our friend, uh, Howard Salter. Hello,
11: my name is Howard Salter and I am the senior pastor of a long church. And my COVID story looks much like the COVID story of many other churches. With the exception that we were a church plan. We actually were five months into our launch when the first lockdowns came down here in Orlando and I thought we were done. I thought we would have to come through the lockdown and completely relaunch and I my faith was wavering to say the least. You know, I, question why god would have us plan a church right before no one's allowed to go to church at least for a short time. And so as normally is the case, god had other plans. He, it just wasn't that that we were supposed to plan a church in that time, but that we were supposed to mark the launch of our church with having to be outside of our walls, with having to serve people without using traditional means and methods, and it's become the rhythm for our church. We immediately were given an opportunity to provide meals to local families and provide uh, that service to those who were out of work and, and those who could really take advantage of it. And we began to grow inroads in our community. Our church didn't necessarily grow in numbers but it definitely grew in influence. Not because we made some strategic plan, but because we were clinging desperately to God's opportunities. And as God was doing what he was doing, we were just kind of hanging on by the skin of our teeth on this wild ride. Uh, Since we've come through the lockdowns, we're not out of COVID obviously, but we are serving in a different way, and the name of the Long Church is now known throughout College Park as a group of people who are willing to do what's necessary to serve their community no matter what, and that's hugely important for us. Personally, there are so many things that I miss from pre-COVID. I miss going to Disney without masks. I miss uh, hanging out, doing karaoke with my friends. I miss all these things that we used to do it's forced us to kind of nurture those relationships with people that we spent time with in a different way and so covid has been difficult yes but amazing for growing our relationships that i I feel like that just sparks me that the
7: church has had to like church as a whole has that not had to get creative but to be adaptive Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of that has to deal with um the leadership of the church if the leader is willing yeah. to adapt because something that made me really about what howard said is howard was like that before the pandemic happened because mm-hmm. he would feed us at megacon yeah like he didn't have to do that it wasn't a requirement he just wanted to do that yeah and because that's the leadership they had when the pandemic happened they shifted how they ministered but it brought that out of them it put whatever yes. was in
0: them came out of them
7: yes yeah. and yeah. i feel like as the church still in this pandemic even though things are looking brighter like, br- let, let God bring the brightest out of you of how to minister during this pandemic. That's, that's yeah, really good. see the
3: needs, meet them. And that's there, what the church and, is meant to do, right?
7: And churches are, they're, they're forced to do it different ways. I mean, I just saw
0: on, online, our, our, friend, the Christian nerd, Scott Higa, he's leading his children's ministry and he's doing it outside. They have to have church outside. We have friends that are doing church online only, um, here we're, you know, in, in the South, in the Bible Belt, I mean, we've got our churches back open in person. But we're starting to see no matter what the restrictions or limitations, there's only most churches that are having in-person meetings are only at about 60% of what they were uh, a year ago. So it's it's a it's a really bizarre, interesting world, and there's not really one way to do it. But whatever it is that's in your church culture, whatever it is that's the best part of Christ in you, uh, yeah, absolutely. Just like Stephen said, let that be what comes out um, the, the church can no longer operate on the same old dusty playbook and that's not a bad thing
6: Batman of Oklahoma here with my daughter Stella Flewharty
0: my name's actually Stephen Flewharty what's one thing that happened to you last year did we
6: have to change plans about anything
12: yeah um my birthday's April 20th and so COVID started in March and so we had to um Not have my birthday party with my birthday we had to wait a very very long time to have my
6: birthday overall though like 2020 ended up being kind of a great year for me personally Um, I finally had the chance because they offered it online this time to uh, become a wish volunteer for make-a-wish Oklahoma Uh, it's just weird it feels like it made us better overall for having gone through this Batman out.
0: I like Stella. <laughs> I want more of Stella. More, more of Batgirl of Oklahoma.
5: Stella is great.
0: Yeah. Uh, here's a submission from one of our younger listeners. It's uh, Jaden Meyer.
6: Oh, I love him.
0: Yeah, he's a great kid. He's a. Uh, he's going to share a little bit about some of the uh, disappointments from his COVID year.
12: Uh-huh. What's up? My name is Jaden Meyer, and this is what I went through during the pandemic and quarantine and stuff so basically uh right when COVID hit we had plans to go to Niagara Falls the New York side we were gonna go and like I I was really excited because I would I so we went to New York once before and like we like I went the Statue of Liberty cried blah 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 blah. (laughs) um it was just yeah it was fun New York's fun and then we were gonna go again and I was excited but just didn't because of COVID, I, I, that made me sad, but, and then we had a, and then the next thing was we were going to go to a basketball game, but that got canceled because of COVID too. I think we were going to go in like March, right? Like when, like when COVID was really bad and everyone was freaking out and everyone was buying all the toilet paper, which is a, a lot. <laughs> See, that's a lot. All right, well, that was me.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Jaden. This whole year has been a lot. Uh, This is another friend of ours. In fact, she'll be on our show next week. Uh, This is uh, Pastor Joy.
2: One thing that came out of COVID that I didn't quite expect was the notion of safety. I am so blessed to have so many amazing people in my life who I trust, who I rely on, who I trust my children with, I trust my thoughts and my feelings with. I feel completely safe with them. But yet when COVID hit, they became unsafe to me. I wasn't sure if I could be around them, if I could trust them. And then vice versa with myself. I I pride myself that I'm a safe person. I'm a mental health counselor, so your thoughts and feelings are safe with confidentiality. I, let me take care of your children. They'll come back better than they came type of thing. But then I became unsafe to people. People looked at me leer, with leeriness because they wondered, do I have COVID? Am I gonna hurt their family, hurt their children? And the same way, I began to look at people kind of with a side eye, people I've known for years, saying, you know, are, are they safe? Because of so many of the aspects of COVID with asymptomatic people and, and, and so little knowledge about how it affected us, the seriousness of it. It just became so, so much fear about people that I knew and loved becoming unsafe. And I didn't quite expect that. I mean, I've been sick before. People are sick. But this was a whole other level. And it was something that I didn't expect at all. And that I'm just now beginning to release, but there's still some of that in me. And I wonder if people are leery of me still.
5: I think there are times where I was definitely more fearful about the people that I was around and then not around um, like for instance every day I'm with my co-workers and I know that we get temperature checks and this that and the other but then the other day oh, a client came into our store and she didn't wear a mask and so I offered her a mask and she said oh no I'm okay and I genuinely felt uncomfortable around her and I was like like, I don't, I don't know if my coworkers were exposed to somebody. Like, maybe they're just asymptomatic, and so like, yeah, that's a weird thing to have to navigate. Is like, who am I safe to be around? Who am I unsafe to be around? Who can I trust and who can I not trust? And so, that's something that I'm still learning to navigate. It's weird. There's like a almost like an ethical like
3: right. boundary around people, and I feel like people are very. judgy and like harsh towards people that maybe view it differently that's a that's
0: a thing like 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 if you're a mask wearer like why like the the not mask wearers are like and if you're not a mask wearer you're like against the mask wearers like bro like calm down
3: calm down i've seen people almost get into fist fights over people not wearing masks i'm like okay wait just walk the other direction like just stay away if you're uncomfortable but like there's such um like yeah, it can be irresponsible or um, maybe not as considerate to other people. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't wear a mask or whatever, or you should. I'm not saying that for anybody. But there's definitely a problem with us looking at other people with such hate and being so like sharp with them for whatever decision they choose to make. But,
0: but there's a valid uh, a valid stance on that. Like, I, re- I early in this whole thing when we didn't know, are we like— handshaking? No. Are we fist Mm. bumping? Are we like, you know, Wakanda forever? Like, what's (laughs) what's the right way to, like, greet people? You know, we didn't know what the best thing was. And I remember, like, navigating that, and the first time I kind of went in for, like, a hug or something like that and someone kind of like sidestepped me like oh no 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 and i thought i'm i'm clean why why did you why do i have to and i yeah. went no because i'm potentially a danger to somebody and like for real and that's that was a hard thing to to see that i have to i have to take steps to realize that i'm i may be part of the problem no,
6: i know i know that feeling my 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 grandma uh, had a heart attack during the pandemic not because of the pandemic but um whenever she was in the hospital and when she got out of the hospital none of the family was like we wanted to see her but we were so afraid because she's so old and she just had a heart attack that if if one of us even had it on us even if we weren't like actually sick that we would get her sick and you know that would be too much it's a lot it's terrible so you're not only scared of other people but scared of yourself that's very true here's our friend caleb
13: hey nerd of god squad this is caleb here um well my office actually went to we went remote so after a year and a half at my job we went remote we've been remote for the past year so that was a big change uh for me because i'm a huge extrovert um and you know last year with covid things have been just crazy you know just not being able to go out to to restaurants like we normally do or Um, me and my wife would usually go to our local mall, you know, sometimes and just walk around. Um, but, uh, we didn't, we don't do that anymore. And, and that's, that's, that's kind of weird for us. You know, we, we used to get out, um, a lot and go to different public places just to walk around. And, and that was something that, that really was, was weird for us. Um, I do miss doing that. Um, unfortunately also. Um, I actually lost a few people. Um, I lost my grandparents uh, two of my grandmothers um, actually a couple months ago and uh, it was it was just super weird being around family and being around people because we didn't attend the funeral but it was just weird not being able to... Um, hug people and, and, yeah. and conversate without mask on and, yeah. and get close and just really talk to a lot of people without that fear of getting sick. Me and my wife, we, like I said, we've been working from home. So we had to, you know, when, when it was really bad, we actually, we were just trying to be really careful. Um, because we didn't want to go out. We didn't want to get sick. And so we would order our groceries out um, and have them delivered, which was a bigger expense, but it was just to keep us safe, keep us in the home, yeah. um, especially when things were like really, really bad. Um, but, uh, you know, we started... Uh, the, one of the major blessings that actually came out of 2020 was starting our own podcast and being able to um, communicate with other people. And we've made a ton of friends. Um, definitely... A, uh, a, a you know friends with the uh, we we definitely met Tony and got to, to uh, hang out with him playing Animal Crossing. Oh, yeah. Just got to meet uh, just a wide variety of people. Um, so it's been it's been awesome, you know, um, because of COVID because we couldn't go out and I couldn't be the super extrovert like I normally am. Um, I actually got to meet all these different people all over the country online and that has, it's been different because I like talking to people face to face, but being able to communicate through video games or through, um, zoom or whatever, um, has been, it's been great.
3: First of all, I just want to say, sorry for your loss. Um, losing anybody is hard, but especially, especially in the midst of the pandemic, when you couldn't be physically close to those people and show them you know that you care about them that is so so hard and i feel you on the last point that you made about being an extrovert you wanted to see people face to face that was definitely one of the hardest parts of the pandemic for me too so i I get that
6: Uh, i was just gonna say uh, i nope never say say i was gonna say yeah i i really really related and this is gonna be less somber but um the online ordering of everything. When you started <laughs> order I said I started ordering groceries. I'm like, yeah, it's like one of those things that's like yeah, I spent a lot more money on ordering food from like Uber Eats and stuff this year and and groceries. But it's like at the same time now we got this whole new level of convenience that everything has come up to. I like have Wawa's curbside pickup. Now. I have a deep
0: seated aversion to paying extra money to have mm, it delivered. I right. never had a problem with ordering pizza like from a restaurant that had a, like you could just get it delivered. Yeah. Right. But I refuse. I refuse to pay extra money to have food brought to me when I can just go get it. I, right. I hate it. I loathe it. Plus, with I don't know if you guys are if you're restaurant savvy, you know that Uber Eats jacks up the cost. Oh. of every yeah. menu item before you're paying their delivery fee, mm-hmm. before you're tipping your driver. A $10 meal is now fee. a $13 meal.
3: I didn't know that. Yeah, and oh, I they feel
0: definitely. Stupid small cart now fee. I'm annoyed. But I got a thing. I got a weird thing. It was like a, a coupon code or something like that from Uber Eats, and it was like um, free delivery through the end of the year and we're going to give you $30 off your first purchase. And I'm like, no way. So we ordered from Zaza Cuban cafe. My wife and I got our dinner and whatever. And we, uh, we did it. They came, I put the wrong address in. So they delivered it to my next door neighbor. So I had to go like, and they have like one of those ring doorbells. So they have a video of me stealing a package from there. But it was, it was just, it was just bread and steak and plantains. But, um, but, so after that, I'm like, okay, all right. I, I, I understand the value of the Uber Eats vibe now. and But I never wanted to do it. And then we had to go to a wedding. We were in a hotel in uh, New Samara Beach and I ordered from Denny's and they delivered it to my hotel room and it was fantastic and I swear on everything it is holy it is literally the best hamburger I've ever had in my entire life at that Denny's New Smyrna Beach in that hotel room while we watched Naked and Afraid it was just <laughs> like ridiculous. you like, while we watched the television show the named oh, okay. Naked and Afraid we did not watch the <laughs> <laughs> Uber driver deliver it's our coronavirus
7: food. You, you never know like, man you never know I'm so scared I would take my socks off <laughs> uh, I know when I had the covid the DoorDash was my friend because yeah. I couldn't I couldn't go anywhere mm-hmm. and I couldn't I couldn't go to work I couldn't do anything. Thankfully, my job was able to still pay me while I was gone. That was oh, wow. nice. Yeah, yeah they, it was a incentive. Not an incentive, but the government was paying some companies yeah. to for
0: payroll the, protection basically.
7: Yeah. And um, but um, I think at that time DoorDash was waiving all delivery fees, so it was a little bit marked up. But it definitely. It made it eat because I was living in a house with my sister and the kids. So I was limiting all of my contact and just in my room. And so having the door dash was nice.
0: When I had COVID, I didn't eat for 12 days. I think you got a different strand than I did. Yeah,
7: I did. My COVID was very mild. Yeah.
0: This is uh, this is our friend, Mike Perna. Um, check this story out. This This is pretty real.
9: Sometimes it's only when somebody asks you to reflect on how something affects you that you actually take the time to do that. When I was thinking about what I wanted to say to you guys in response to your call for reflections on COVID, that's the first time I started really thinking about how deeply this whole thing has affected me. Literally everything I care most deeply about has gotten smacked around by this virus. I run a ministry designed around game tables and gaming conventions. Every convention got canceled last year. Getting folks around the same table has been challenging at the best of times, and it's been a while since we've been in the best of times. I keep track of my board game stats on an app, and if you remove the games I played just by myself on phone apps, I played a total of 12 games with, with anybody in 2020. I've done that in a weekend in better times. It was literally this time last year that my wife had the first mental health-related hospitalization she's had to endure in years. COVID lockdowns had just gone into effect, so we couldn't even visit her. There was only a few phone calls and a lot of confusion. She was virtually in isolation for two whole weeks, and there were more than a few times that I had to just hold my crying two-year-old trying to explain to him that mommy couldn't come home yet. I cried a lot too. Just when I thought we were making it through and we were coming to the end and there was a light at the end of the tunnel, my brother called me and told me that mom was taking dad to the ER because his speech was starting to slur and they didn't know why. We later find out that dad had a series of small strokes that the doctors believe was caused by complications, either directly or indirectly because he recently caught COVID. Our family had just recently moved from New Jersey to Western Pennsylvania before all this went down. So this whole time has felt incredibly lonely and isolated because we simply didn't have the ability to make the connections that we needed here. Not yet. We were only starting to work on that. But even in this, God has moved. I couldn't do ministry the way I have been doing it, so I leaned into my work on what I refer to as the weirdest Christian devotional podcast you'll ever hear, The Barden Bible. I've seen God do crazy things with that during COVID, despite the fact that I was so burnt on life and all the things that I had to deal with that I spent long times just not even making it. I was able to drop a huge pile of games on our local library and doing that, I actually started planning things like when this is all over, running game days for them and even starting a, a DD and d group that apparently the teens have been asking for for a long time. And I can do that. I'm starting to dream again of big things that can only happen if God makes it. So, and I'm really excited to see if he does. Look, it's still hard there are still times I just cry openly because there's just so much that has and is happening. And this is just talking about the COVID-related stuff. But every morning I kiss my wife. I play with my son, and I ask God what he wants me to do because I'm still here to do it. And times like these need folks willing to go to those weird places with God.
3: Um, I'm just kind of speechless on that one, but I will say that your faith to look forward to the things that you can do to better the lives of other people in the midst of all of the stuff that's going on with you is, is groundbreaking. I think that's so phenomenal.
7: That reminds me a lot of Job. Like, Job went through a lot, mm-hmm. and he kept his focus on, mm-hmm. on God. Yeah. And during this time... We need to make, remember that we need to keep our focus on the one who controls everything.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
7: On the one who makes everything happen for good and for bad, but he makes it all happen. And
0: you know, some of us have, you know, we some of us have cute stories about, you know, COVID. Some of us have, like, ah, oh, man, I had Uber Eats food. And, ah, oh, man, you know, like, I, I lost my job. Or, oh, man, I, you know, my wedding got messed up. Or, oh, man, I, um, uh, Megacon got canceled like four times. It seems yeah. like, mm-hmm. and then you, you, you know, you hear stories about like, and then sometimes I sit and I cry and, and although Mike's story is very unique, you know, amongst all of our stories, it's still something that I think we can, all, we all feel like it, it's not like, although we might not have had the exact same layout and, and terrain to our own COVID year. Uh, we hear that and we go, yeah, dude, I, I get that. Yeah we're several stories into this thing already tonight Um, and although they're all very very different like they're all super relatable right Mm. because we have this thing in common and I don't know that ever before in the history of the world has there been something that we all really shared Christian
8: hey what's up Nog squad Uh, this is how coronavirus has affected my life uh we were living in China you know living and working there um and we left uh to go on vacation and while we were gone uh COVID hit and like our tickets we were in Thailand we were supposed to fly back in a couple weeks and our tickets got canceled and we never made it back to China and that was you know a year ago now but um we ended up uh staying in Thailand for a couple weeks, and we weren't sure if it was going to blow over or what was going to happen, and then obviously it didn't blow over, it blew up, and so yeah, we came back to the States, and um, well, we eventually had to just like close down our life there, you know, we were renting an apartment there in China, and we had jobs there, and all of that, but so much of that just went away, and uh, kind of all of a sudden, you know, we, um, you know, we missed out on Saying goodbye to China, how we would have liked to, you know, Um, because we didn't think we were leaving. And then we had to have friends pack up our house, which I think was a huge deal, you know, like uh, get rid of stuff, sell stuff, give stuff away, put a few things in boxes. But like our whole house, you know, even our even our junk drawers, (laughs) somebody had to go through, and that was that was pretty humbling, I think, and, and difficult. It was it was awesome to see the way that our friends. Uh, gathered around us, you know, and supported us in the midst of that. Um, Someone offered us a place to stay uh, when we landed back in the States um, after a few months. And so, yeah, we're honestly still recovering um, because we aren't sure what the next step is. We aren't going to be going back to China. And where are we going to go? You know, we're not sure. Um, Open to a lot of things, but... We've had a hard time connecting and making friends. How do you make friends with new people in, in the midst of COVID, you know? And that's been a challenge for sure for our, for our family. And we've had to try to adapt with that. I feel like um, God has been faithful to us and, and provided for us. And, uh, and yet we are unsure, you know, of what's next. Um, and I think it's definitely challenged us to grow uh in in faith we're people of faith and and you know that's par for the course it's it's uh okay when there's challenges, of course um but yeah, this was pretty pretty seismic shifts that our family had to go through pretty unexpectedly um, never felt abandoned by God uh, Amen. but we also aren't sure what direction to take next, and I think that's probably. Uh, where it's hitting us the biggest now you know um, even as things begin to open back up hopefully soon and people are getting vaccines uh, we're not going back to China so where are we going uh, I don't know that's not entirely the fault of coronavirus but it definitely put a bummer on our on our transition out of China I think that's probably the biggest way that that it's affected us also I miss movies <laughs> <laughs>
7: Yeah. Me too, Christian. Me yeah. too.
8: So,
0: what do we do now? I think that's his question: is what do we do now? And that's the question that that I, I think I think all of us have, because we're never going back. Uh, we're never going back. Not a hundred percent. The way, n- the, never. Yeah. The, we will. N- it, life will never be the, what it once was. Because
6: things are things are gone that were lost during that time, and, and you can't get them back. It, things, thought pe- processes. Pe- well, I think pe-
0: people, and 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 we can't go back to the way it once was.
5: Very similarly to Christian, so many of my plans were like put on pause, and it looks so different now. And I felt so much at a loss for I I'm in the middle of all of this unknowingness Mm. that's what I named it I don't that's not a real word it is now but I was (laughs) I there were times where I sat with the Lord and I was like Jesus I am sitting in the middle of all of this unknowingness, and I I don't know what to do and even looking forward you know Mike had a very different experience than Christian had where things were still challenging, but with the Lord, he learned to dream again, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, in the midst of all of that unknowingness, the only thing that the Lord met me with was just have like holy anticipation for what I'm going to do. And for me, this year was a lot of undoing the thought process of, always having plans and always knowing what's going to happen next. Yeah. And as challenging as the Corona year was, I allowed the Lord to show me what it looked like to go from whole, from a knowingness into having holy anticipation and expectation. Well,
7: I think part of it, it, this reminds me of post nine 11 America how things have never been the same since then and kind of going back with what you were saying, how it's never going to go back to normal. I think even if things get quote unquote back to normal, when it comes to health and when it comes to, you know, mask mandates or, you know, restrictions or six feet apart, whatever, whatever that normalcy turns out, I think the world is fundamentally changed into hopefully being more aware of the world around it. Like you, this, Pandemic has had us being more aware of how how we interact with each other. It made us more aware of ourselves in regards to other people.
0: It made um, everyone feel bad about the way they used to wash their hands.
7: Yeah, it's it's weird. One of the weirdest things for me is watching like Disney vlogs pre-pandemic, and I'm like. Why are like I get anxious seeing people not wearing masks? Oh, and that's the part that makes me the most upset is why am I not? Why am I getting anxious about this So something that didn't happen at the time? Yeah. And I'm wondering if I'll ever get back to feeling comfortable again.
0: And that's the hardest thing, you know, and, and, and just like a post nine eleven world, uh, you know, you guys were a little tiny young when that happened. But uh, it was this great moment of everyone pulling together in the midst of tragedy, and then 30 seconds later, somebody figured out how to politicize it and monetize it, and that was all mm-hmm. shot to crap, and then and we, we see that, that happening again here, too.
3: So, earlier this week, I was looking at Psalms 13, and it's David, and he's talking about how he's being basically hunted, um, and his life is really on the line, and he kind of turns to God, and he says, "'How long, Lord, will you forget me forever?' How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death and my enemy will say I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. Yeah. And the main thing that stuck out about that is the whole beginning part of it before the, but God was David being really honest and being really vulnerable with God. And I think a lot of the times we think that we have to turn on, like immediately go to the place where we're like,
0: this is fine. Fine. We're okay.
3: Yeah. Like Mm. God's still
0: on the throne. Bless God. It's
3: yeah. And it's really, really hard. And it's easy to look at the people and be like, in any circumstance and say, Hey, it's okay. And kind of have that, like for lack of a better word, that toxic positivity and be like, Mm. you're fine or I'm fine. Mm. And we don't allow God to change our hearts. And that only comes from just opening up and talking to him and being real and the thing is, God's not afraid of our emotions. God's not afraid of our doubts. God's not afraid of our anger, even at him or our doubt in him. Yeah. But God will show you who he is Mm. when you seek him. And that starts with being just starting where you are.
0: Although it's true, you know, you can't, you can't look at Carrie or, or Caleb or Mike or Christian, Mm -hmm. any any of these people that share their stories tonight, you can't look at them and just, you know, pat them on the head and say, it's okay. God's got a plan. Mm -hmm. While that's true, yeah, like there really is some real vulnerability and pain, and it's real. It's real. Mm-hmm. It it may not be the defining trait of the entire story, but it is real. Uh, I wonder how people that don't have the but God yeah. pivot in their life are handling this. Like, yeah. how in the world can you possibly see hope outside of a God who is who we know is not absent?
3: Yeah, uh,
0: during during this this whole thing. And not just because of the COVID, but I mean, all of the political unrest and the social Mm -hmm. strife and challenges that have gone on. Um, Every time I would talk, every time I would talk to my dad um, on the phone and he would always say and, you know, he he struggled in in his faith. Um, He struggled in his faith and he would always say, I don't know where your your guy is here, but I think he's asleep at the wheel. I don't know. I don't I don't know what's going on here, but you might want to you might want to tell your your guy to wake up. Um like without having some kind of confidence that God is not absent. How absolutely crushing must this year have have been yeah, for people. Definitely. But the good news is God is not absent.
9: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, the good news is that no matter what um the circumstances appear to be, Um, In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. Mm -hmm. Uh, From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. That's Jonah Mm. in a fish. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, when we're suffering, it's it's hard to feel like, oh yeah, God's still here, but God.
3: Mm -hmm. But God, yeah.
0: Uh, you know, even from, from isolation and desperation. Uh, when we cry out to God, he listens to our
9: cry.
5: And I think, you know, Stephen brought up earlier Job, the story of Job and how, I mean, Job really went through it. He literally lost everything and his friends were blaming him and Job was like, I don't know, I don't know what to say. And there's just like this banter back and forth. And at the end of it, the Lord encounters Job and Job says I had heard of you but now I have seen you you know now I've met you and it was after that but God moment you know we can we can we can talk back and forth all we want about why we think everything is happening mm-hmm. and at the end of it if you don't have that but God moment it doesn't matter and I, I, I think If we don't get to that point or if we don't introduce people to that point, you know, like we still have opportunity to share that with people. You know, we're not going to get anywhere by talking about conspiracy theories or, uh, you know, where this virus came from or what is the new normal going to look like. You know, we can talk our heads off about that. But, but if, those aren't the issues. But if we don't have that but God moment right. and if we're not introducing people to that but God moment, mm-hmm. then what's it all for? You know, we can we can hear about God. But have we seen God the way that Job did? Yeah. You know?
0: And and you know, vi- uh, the virus hasn't has a there's an inoculation you can have for it. You know, you can go get your 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 shots and you know and then and then you might be immune for a little bit until the next one comes along. But there's always been the immunity shot that, that hope gives us against hopelessness, that faith gives us against fear, uh, that salvation gives us against that desperation that, that we, you know we don't struggle and we don't mourn like those in the world who have no hope.
7: That just, it always reminds me of the verses in the Bible where like, it's the but God moments. Like Mm -hmm. in Psalms 23, when David's like, even though I'm walking through the shadow of the valley of death. I
0: will fear no evil. I will fear no evil because you
7: are with me. Like,
0: I think. I just looked up uh, second Chronicles, uh, 20, 2012. And it's like,
7: we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's. It gives me hope that no matter what happens, because I've been through, I've been through a lot of stuff in my life that I w- would not wish for other people to go through. But there was always a but God moment because mm. God got me through that. Yeah. yeah. And even in like the times where it's like the worst case scenario, I mean, ultimately our worst case scenario in life is death. But God so loved the world that whoever believed in Him will have every, would have everlasting life. Yeah. Like to live as Christ, to die as gain. Yeah. So yeah. like I think sometimes we always forget about the but God moments that even in the worst case scenario God is going to bring us to him yeah
0: yeah 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 and and we can and that's a choice. I think trusting God is a choice. Yeah. Yes, because fear is real. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not imaginary. It's not just some panicky, you know, whatever. And again, I, I hate to keep talking about this, but I'm very excited about talking about this on our next episode. Mm-hmm. But but choosing to trust God is so important. You know, the, the uh, Habakkuk, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there's no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. You can't do that on your own. Mm-hmm. You can't do that if if your joy. and your rejoicing is circumstantial. It's impossible, but God.
3: Mm -hmm. As we were talking about before, those people that don't know God yet, I think it's our job, and I don't want to say that I'm putting pressure on people, but there is a pressure on Christians right now to show that we have hope and that we believe in a God that is bigger than this. Mm -hmm. Because when people see our faith and our testimony that's how they're going to know God if they've never met him before
0: oh, how do they know Jesus said how, how are they going to know that it's you that sent us well because your love for each other
3: yeah mm-hmm. and we were talking about the ministries before that have been adapting to the needs of people that are growing at an exponential rate all the needs and I think that that is going to be such a blessing if, if it hasn't already I'm sure I can't imagine what God is doing right now how God is moving. And that's always the case. But when you see such a great need, I just am reminded of how great God is and how it's going to work out for the good of those that love him.
0: Yeah. And and if this pressure brings out that goodness inside of us, if Mm -hmm. it, if it compresses the part of us, that's us and, and reveals the part of us that's Christ, then, then we've gone through a good metamorphosis here and coming through this. And I, I love the way that Howard shared it. And I know that he is not alone in one of being one of many churches and and christian organizations and just believers that have decided i'm going to use this to show care to other people yeah. and sometimes we show care to other I mean, one of the the tenets of our church is we we wear masks because caring for other people is, is has always been our mission Definitely. you know we want to make sure that we're we're expressing care and creating a safe environment for the people that because that's one of the ways that we show our care um, that was the, that was the reason that we closed having services it's like look we want to keep people safe we can still have church we can still be church um, even though we're not together so we don't have to be discouraged by that but but we are made to share each other's burdens and this is a time when we need to do that more more than ever I mean the Bible says in Galatians carry each other's burdens and this way you fulfill the law of Christ we're Called to care for the vulnerable. I mean, this is this is whatever you have done for the least of these, you know. Oh, yes. um, and and in Acts twenty, in everything I did, I showed you by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words the Lord Jesus Himself said: "It's more blessed to give than receive." And we we we're still being called to love our neighbors. You mm-hmm. know, love each other as I've loved you. You must love each other, Jesus said. That's our prime directive. That's it. I mean, are we are we loving each other? Mm-hmm. And and sometimes loving each other means giving something up or serving something or yes, yeah, sacrifice, you know, and, and and don't let it become a political thing. Don't let somebody tell you what to do or influence your pattern of thinking for their agenda when ultimately your agenda is not a red agenda or a blue agenda or your who you are and what you do is a reflection of Christ in you and his prime directive and and his call on your life to love and serve and give to to others and no matter what is happening my, my word to Christian and so many that are like him that just don't know what's next is God is not out of business God is not downsized God is not laying people off uh, the, the harvest is great and the workers are still few God is, is very, very interested in leading you to a new place in your life and using you in the yeah. middle of this season. That has not changed. So just like Christian and Ashley did all those years ago, listen for what the Lord is telling you and be ready to obey when he says go, mm. or love, or lift, or care, or pray, or serve, or give, whatever it is. Or
3: wait right for this time. Or wait. Mm.
0: We can't lose hope mm-hmm. that God is not absent
3: mm-hmm.
0: we can't let fear of health dictate our story we can't let fear of finances narrate our faithfulness and we can't we can't let fear of circumstances disrupt our unity a question that the Apostle Paul asks us in Romans who? shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? And then he answers, no. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. That over which we have little control, which is hardship and persecution and famine and nakedness and danger and sword and COVID-19, uh, it is no barrier between you and the love of God and his love for us.
3: I say this to myself often. It's kind of like a mantra, but um, a prayer more. I talk to God and I say, God, you are good, even if my circumstances are not. Yeah. And I say that, and I've said that in really hard times in my life. And it's never going to not be true for you, for me, because God is, God is faithful. God is good. Here.
6: You know, we not forget about the things that have happened that were hard and that were sad, but also really take a look at where you've grown during this time. I mean,
0: I don't, I don't want to be the guy to keep singing the same sad song or whatever, but I mean, I'm not going to forget what COVID brought into our lives and what it took from us. I mean, my dad died and he died from COVID. I mean, that, there the, he had COVID. It wrecked him. They brought him to the hospital and they couldn't bring him back. And, and COVID killed my dad. And it sucks. And I'm not going to sit here and, and, and have a, a pity party or cry me a river moment. I mean, it hurts. I've cried. I've been, I've been mad. I've been mad because I know that someone somewhere didn't put a mask on or didn't wash their hands and they killed my dad. And they don't even know my dad. They don't know him. They never. They, they didn't realize they did it and they did it. Someone did it. Someone killed my dad. And I hate it. And I'm not and and I, I'm not over that like I'm not even remotely over that but I know that five hundred thousand plus other families in this country, two and a half million other families around the world have experienced the same thing I'm, I mean I, I I don't there there's nothing unique about it. every life matters to God it certainly matters to me but you know I'm not gonna let anger or sorrow determine my obedience to love and to praise god yet though he slay me i'll trust in him job said what what do you throw it at me god he's still worthy of praise he still is and i i won't forget i won't forget what this what this monster has taken from us and you won't either And it's not a contest. You know, maybe you didn't lose a loved one. Maybe you lost a job. Maybe you just lost peace of mind. It's taken something from everyone. And yet when you compare that, anything it can take from us versus what God gives freely to us, but God. And if you've lost anything during this COVID year, If you lost anyone, we stand with you, and we love you, and we mourn with you, and we look forward to not things getting back to normal, because they may not, but things getting back to where God is doing something great in our lives, and that is not as far away as you think. That is all the time we have for tonight. Uh, please join the conversation. We want to hear, even if you weren't one of the uh, those who, who got to share today, and we do, we thank uh, so much those that took the time to to share their stories with us. Uh, if, if you haven't gotten a chance to share your story, or you just want someone to listen, uh, reach out to us. Uh, you can connect with us across all the social medias. You basically type in at Nerd on wherever you're at. You'll find us. Uh, you can join our Facebook small group. Uh, we're not just about sharing memes and living dreams uh, we pray for each other, we support each other um, uh, it's, it's, it's important to have people now more than ever and to encourage one another, and to bro- provoke one another to good works, yes. that's what we do that's who we are uh, we are your Nerd of Godcast uh, and for the Nerd of Godcast uh, we want to say thank you so much for listening Steve Supremo, goodbye everybody, Alexandria Marica
5: bye friends
0: Quentin Gregory Nath be blessed, stay safe The notorious JCC Julia Colazzo.
3: Until next time.
0: Over in the booth, Nick, the engineer. Goodbye. And I am Tony T. Until next time, wash your hands, wear your masks. We ain't got to go home. But we we can't stay here.
5: That's the Nerd of God Squad on Facebook. Share some jeans. Whoa.
6: Share your <laughs> jeans. Not my jeans. Yeah. Stay out of my jeans, <laughs> mister. <laughs> they look so fancy.
0: Share some memes. Share some. Sh- share share show. <laughs> share share <some> memes. <laughs> Let's Let's it's hard. It's hard. It's okay. Take your time. Take I'm- your time. <laughs>
5: And Jimmy Stewart, <laughs> what You,
0: you, you, you want to share some, some genes. Uh, if, if you're not being generous with your dungarees, what, what's this all been about?
5: Share some memes and live your dreams.